story five of the crimson gardenia and other tales of adventure by rex beach this librivox recording is in the public domain story five a man proposes the story of a man who wanted to die part two the physical comfort of his club was most agreeable after his recent ordeal but he enjoyed it only a few days then began to look about for a suitable place in which to end his grim comedy he selected the spot with little delay a sharp turn in a hillside road that wound down from the heights near spiten devil he had often passed it in summer and knew the danger well if his automobile went over the edge now that the roads were icy who could say it was not accidental he did not advise muriel of his return fearing to trust himself either to write or to telephone but spent much time in front of the morocco case with its three photographs longing desperately to see her and the children when he felt that an auspicious time had arrived he phoned his friend dr herkimer and invited himself to dinner herkimer was delighted and a few evenings later the clubman motored out toward yonkers where he was made welcome and spent an agreeable evening where's your chauffeur the doctor inquired as his guest drew on his fur coat and driving gloves preparatory to leaving i let him go to-night i thought i'd enjoy running the machine for a change the roads are bad be careful you don't skid on the hills i nearly went over to-day murray promised to heed the warning and a few moments later was gliding toward the city the beauty of this cold sharp night was inspiriting the moon was brilliant the air was charged with life and vigor it gave him a thrill to realize that he was sweeping to probable death that nothing now could intervene to thwart him and while of course there was the unpleasant possibility that a plunge over the declivity might do no more than maim him he had studied the place carefully and intended to reduce that chance to a minimum by driving his car down the hill with sufficient velocity to hurl it far out over the edge there were railroad tracks beneath anything short of instant death would be miraculous as he came out upon the heights at last it occurred to him that he was behaving very well for a man about to die his hands were steady his heart was not greatly quickened and he was absolutely sane and healthy and full of the desire to live a short distance from the crest he stopped his machine then sat motionless for a few moments drinking in the beauty of the night and taking his farewell of muriel when he had arrived at peace with himself he fixed his wife's image in his mind then thrusting down the accelerator let in the clutch there was a jar a jerk a spasmodic shudder of the machinery the motor went dead this unexpected interruption affected murray oddly until he realized that after stopping the car he had neglected to shift his gears to neutral with an imprecation at his stupidity he clambered out and cranked the motor when it failed to start he primed his carburetor and cranked again it was an expensive foreign-built machine and one turn should have served to set it going but strangely enough there was no explosion for fifteen minutes he did everything his limited knowledge permitted but the car remained stationary upon the crest of the hill a stubborn lifeless mass of metal evidently that jerk had wrought havoc with some delicate adjustment he reasoned perhaps the wiring but it was too dark to diagnose just where the trouble lay 
it was cold also and his numb fingers refused to be of much assistance he gave over his efforts finally and stared about with a troubled look in his eyes this was childish utterly idiotic he wanted to laugh but instead he cursed then cranked the motor viciously until the sweat stood out upon his forehead an hour later he was towed into town behind a rescue car summoned by telephone from the nearest garage as he left his machine to board a subway train the mechanic announced maybe it was a good thing you broke down before you hit that hill boss there was a bad accident at the turn today. the police are trying to close the street till spring murray was not superstitious but recalling his many failures at goldfield he decided he would make no further attempt to do away with himself by means of his motor-car now that this particular road was closed to traffic he knew of no other place so favourable to his project and inasmuch as the time was growing short to be only partially successful in his attempt would mean utter ruin with no little regret therefore he made up his mind to fall back upon poison which at least was certain even though possessed of obvious drawbacks his experience with devoe had rendered him a bit cynical regarding the value of friendship hence it was with no fear of a checkmate that he telephoned to dr herkimer and made an appointment for that afternoon when the doctor arrived at the club murray laid the matter before him in a concise cold-blooded manner and was relieved to hear him voice exactly the words devoe had used what do you want me to do i want you to call here for me to-morrow morning you will find me dead in my bed i want you to examine me and call it heart failure or whatever you think best your word will be sufficient there will be no suspicion no further examination at least until the poison i intend to use will have had time to disappear or change its form and why should i do this the doctor looked his friend over oddly here is one reason which i hope is sufficient murray held out a promissory note for the same amount as the one he had executed for devoe herkimer took it then as he read the figures his face paled crushing it in his palm he rose and in a voice harsh with fury unloosed a stream of profanity that surprised his hearer you contemptible short-bred loafer he concluded what do you take me for what makes you think i'd do such a rotten thing as that murray smiled you'll have to old man it isn't pleasant of course but you won't allow muriel and the children to lose that money i like your spirit but i shall kill myself just the same and it's up to you to see that they are not ruined again herkimer became incoherent oh swear as much as you please i'm going to do it nevertheless i've made a wretched failure of everything else but i intend to right one of my wrongs while there is time right wrong bellowed the physician damn it man you're asking me to help you steal a million dollars does that occur to you the end justifies the means in this case you're not rich that twenty-five thousand herkimer flung the paper at the speaker well if you won't take my money you'll have to help me out of friendship at nine o'clock to-morrow morning i shall be dead knowing the truth and all it means you'll have to come you can't stay away oh is that so the doctor mocked furiously i'll show you whether i can or not he jerked his watch from his pocket and consulted it there's a train for boston in twenty minutes and i'm going to take it i couldn't get back here in time even if i wanted to 
now kill yourself and be damned to you he seized his hat and rushed out of the room slamming the door behind him a moment later murray heard a taxicab whirr noisily away from the clubhouse door manifestly there were more difficulties in the way of this enterprise than he had counted upon without the cooperation of some reliable physician the clubman dared not do away with himself in new york coroners are curious medical attention is too prompt he was too well known the very existence of that tremendous amount of life insurance would lead to investigation he decided to go hunting and he knew just the right place to go too he thought several years before he had joined a gunning club which owned a vast expanse of rice fields and marshlands in north carolina and knowing the place thoroughly he concluded that it offered perfect facilities for such an action as he contemplated accordingly he packed his guns wired for a guide and boarded a train for the south that very night in his pocket he carried a vial containing twenty-five grains of powdered cocaine the club launch met him at boonville the nearest station and during the twenty-mile trip down the sound he learned all he wished to know the shooting was well-nigh over there were no other members at the clubhouse he could have the place all to himself for several days he hunted diligently taking pains to write numerous letters to his friends and among others to muriel it was his first letter since their parting and the strain of holding his pen within formal bounds was almost too much for him it was a pity she would never understand his motives in doing this thing he reflected it was a pity he had never understood his own feeling before it was too late manlike he had thrown away the only precious thing of his life while searching for counterfeit joys and manlike he regretted his folly now that he had lost her that evening he informed his guide that he intended to hunt by himself on the following morning and in answer to the old negro's warning assured him that he knew the channels well and was amply able to handle a canoe he rose early forced himself to eat a substantial breakfast for the sake of appearances then set out in his peterborough the morning was chilly and he had purposely donned a heavy sweater shell vest leather coat and hip boots he paddled down the river for a mile or more then let his craft drift with the current far away on one horizon was a dark low-lying fringe of pines marking the mainland two miles to seaward sounded the slow rumble of the restless atlantic on every hand were acres upon acres miles upon miles of waving marsh grass interlaced with creeks and channels nowhere was there a sign of human life he took the little bottle from his pocket reached over the side and filled it with water he replaced the cork and shook the vial until the white powder it contained was thoroughly dissolved there were twenty-five grains of it eight fatal doses and he had seen that it was fresh this time there could be no question of failure he reasoned nor was there much chance of discovery for after that drug had remained in his body for a few hours it would be exceedingly difficult of identification even at the hands of an expert toxicologist but there were no experts in this country no doctors at all in fact this side of boonville twenty miles away he marvelled at his coolness as he flung the cork into the stream and raised the bottle to his lips his pulse was even his mind was untroubled he drank the contents filled the bottle and let it sink 
then rose to his feet and bearing his weight upon the gunwale of his canoe swamped it burdened as he was with shells and hunting gear he sank but the cold water sent him fighting and gasping to the surface again the blind instinct of self-preservation mastered him and being a powerful swimmer he struck out he had planned too well however his boots filled his clothing became wet and he went down for a second time then commenced a senseless terrible struggle the more terrible because the man fought against his own determination he rose slowly to the surface but the shore was far away the canoe bottom up was out of reach he gasped wildly for breath as his face emerged but instead of air he inhaled water into his lungs he choked horrible convulsions seized him his limbs threshed his arms roared his chest was bursting he rose and sank rose and sank enduring the agony of suffocation all the time fighting with a strong man's desperation after a time he seemed to hear shouting something tugged and hauled at him he discovered he could breathe again his senses wavered left him returned he saw faces bending above him a moment later he heard his name spoken then found himself awash in the bottom of a gamekeeper's bateau as in a dream he heard his rescuers explain that they had been out in search of poachers and had rounded the bend below in time to behold him struggling for his life they were hurrying him back to the clubhouse now as fast as arms and oars could propel them and after he had gained sufficient strength he sat up he strove to answer their excited questions but could not speak a strange paralysis numbed his vocal cords he could not swallow his tongue was thick and unmanageable this silence alarmed the wardens but murray knew it to be nothing more than a local anesthesia due to the contact of the cocaine he became conscious of feeling very wretched they helped him up to the clubhouse and on the way he caught glimpses of horrified black faces he saw the superintendent preparing to send to boonville for a doctor but knowing that the launch had already left calculated the time it would take for a canoe to make the trip and was vaguely amused to realize that all this excitement was useless he experienced a feeling of triumph in the knowledge that he had succeeded in spite of all a short time later he was in bed packed in warm blankets and hot water bags but through it all he maintained that distressing numbness despite the artificial heat his hands and feet tingled as if asleep then became entirely numb and he reasoned that the cocaine had begun to affect his circulation he noted how the chill crept upward slowly showing that the drug was working on the mantel opposite he saw muriel smiling at him from the morocco case and realized that she was very beautiful after a time her outlines became less distinct which told him that his optic nerve was becoming affected next the contents of the room grew hazy that was quite as it should be he was much interested to note his heart action which by now had become very erratic every pulsation that ran through him sounded as plainly in his ears as a drumbeat he noticed that they were regular for a time then gradually increased in speed until his heart raced like a runaway motor then ceased suddenly began again slowly faintly grew slower and fainter until with every flutter he thought 
this is the end when this phenomenon had been repeated time after time the sick man endeavoured to assist the poison's effect at each feeble recovery of his heart he held his breath and strained with all his might striving by every force of will to stop the systolic action as he had often heard that men live again their evil deeds in the hour of dissolution and while he had perhaps more than the average number of sins upon his soul he determined to die thinking only of pleasant things if possible he recalled his wedding day and pictured muriel as she had appeared that morning how sweet and gentle she had been what a wonderful time it had proved for him they had sailed for the mediterranean on the following morning landing at naples where they had spent a week from there they had gone to rome for three dreamlike months and then to nice and to cairo all the time in a lover's paradise from egypt they had turned back to morocco yes morocco and how she had loved it there thence they had journeyed where to spain of course murray realized that his mind was working more slowly which meant that the circulation to his brain was becoming sluggish in a few moments he would be unable to think at all it would be over muriel would be rich again she was still young she might marry some good man from spain they had gone by rail to paris no the riviera it was very difficult to think in germany he remembered they had taken an old castle for the from germany they had gone gone yes um, muriel was gone murray awoke to find a trained nurse at his bedside he was still in his room at the club and after a time reasoned that the cocaine must be working very slowly at the first words the nurse laid a hand upon his lips saying don't speak please you have been very ill stepping to the door she called someone whereupon a man came quickly murray recognized him instantly as the famous dr stormfield they had met here three years previous and shot from the same blind hello murray the doctor began i'm glad you came around finally you've given us the devil of a fight how long have i been ill whispered the sick man two days unconscious all the time lucky for you that i ran down for a little shooting and happened to be on the launch from boonville the morning you upset we picked up your messenger on his way to town and i got here just in time now don't talk you're not out of danger by any means that evening the physician explained further you must have suffered a terrible shock in that cold water i never saw a case quite like it your heart puzzled me it behaved in the most extraordinary manner you say i'm not out of danger far from it your heart is nearly done for and the slightest exertion might set you off if you got up if you raised yourself off the bed you might go out like that stormfield snapped his fingers i suppose my wife has been notified yes the doctor looked at his patient curiously would you like to have her come no 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 a frightened look leaped into murray's eyes that's not necessary you know after a time he said leave me please I i'm tired when the doctor had closed the door he lifted himself to his elbow swung his feet out upon the floor and stood up 
then faint as he was he began to stoop and raise himself flexing his arms meanwhile as if performing a calisthenic exercise he was possessed by the one idea that he must succeed while there was still time the nurse found him face downward upon his bed and sounded a quick alarm all that night stormfield sat beside him his eyes grave his brow furrowed anxiously at intervals a woman came to the door then at a sign from the watcher disappeared noiselessly thereafter murray was never left alone a day or two later he complained of this over-attention saying that the nurse's constant presence annoyed him but stormfield paid no attention after a time the physician startled him by inquiring abruptly see here murray what did you take i don't understand yes you do why what makes you think i took anything come come i'm a specialist i have some intelligence there was a pause then the sick man finally admitted i took twenty-five grains of cocaine twenty-five grains god it's incredible eight grains is the largest dose on record you're dreaming or else the drug was stale i was particular to see that it was fresh stormfield paced the room shaking his head and muttering i wouldn't dare report such a thing i'd be called a faker and yet there are no hard and fast laws of medicine he stopped and stared at his patient what the devil prompted you to do it with such a wife that's just it the latter cried miserably oh you've done for her a great injury by saving me doctor but i won't allow it i won't i see the doctor went to the door where he summoned someone to enter a woman rose from her chair in the hall and came swiftly to the bedside her face showed the signs of a long and sleepless vigil but her eyes were aflame with a hunger that held butler murray spellbound and amazed you he said weakly when did you come i have been here for days she answered did you think i could stay away oh my muriel he held up his shaking arms whereupon she knelt and took his tired head to her breast i thought i was doing right he confided after he had told her everything but i see now that i was all wrong god will name the day she declared simply and until he does no man can say i will are you quite sure you have acted wisely in showing me my folly remember we are poor even yet i might make you rich again for there is time and i'm not worth this great sacrifice sacrifice this is the day of our triumph dear when we had all those other riches we never knew contentment love or happiness now we can start again with nothing but ourselves and our children we don't have time to be unhappy are you willing to try with me he stroked her soft hair lovingly and smiled up into her eyes devoe was right there is a power i shall pray god every day to spare me sweetheart for now i want to live end of story five part two